1: Another day and another FizCast. Jaron May here alongside the voice of the Syracuse Orange, Matt Park. Matt, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Jaren. Uh, so this FizzCast, we're going to be breaking down the SU Top 100 list and the football players on that list. If you want to go check out that list for all of our listeners, it's on our website, orangefizz.net. You can find all of our social media content on Twitter at orangefizz, And of course, all of our audio content right here on our SoundCloud page by searching Orange Fizz. Uh, but Matt, let's get into the football players. And when we look at our SU Top 100 list there are 32 football players that make up this list. Almost a third of it is all football. So my first question for you is, having 32 players on that list, do you think that the Syracuse football program has turned out that many players to be able to have almost a third of a top 100 list?
0: Well, sure. I mean, again, from the start, you're dealing with kind of an arbitrary concept in terms of uh, how you put it together, you don't go into it, I'm sure, with uh, any notion of X number of football, basketball, other sports, mm-hmm. whatever it is. The the Syracuse program over time, and obviously in football you're dealing with a bigger roster than any other sport, uh, Syracuse has had a lot of great players at every position uh, on the field over many, many years. You're looking at a, a program that's more than 120 years old and has had All-Americans and, and has had a lot of uh, success. Um, you know there was a time not long ago when you could argue Syracuse had one of the best people at their position uh, at every position in the NFL Mm -hmm. and that would go from general manager to head coach to quarterback you know this would would be in the McNabb Marvin Harrison Mm -hmm. uh, era Um, you know that's at one slice in time and obviously this stuff uh, comes and goes uh, in cycles. But, uh, yeah, I think this is, uh, when you look at your list specifically and what you guys uh, set out to do, one thing that I think that's interesting about it is, you know, it's clear that with all the great athletes, uh, across the the many programs in the athletics department, this list is still going to be top heavy with football because Jim Brown has to be number one Mm -hmm. and Ernie Davis and and Floyd Little are, are soon to follow. And we know a lot of the names. So, um, I'm not surprised at all that it turned out that way.
1: So 32 of the top 100 are football. There are also a lot of men's basketball players. Men's lacrosse also gets quite a few nods. Um, But the thing with the football players at least when I look at it because when you look at the basketball players there are a lot of more recent players to make that list Um, but the football players it seems like it's a lot of back in the day and when you look at the program that makes sense because back in the day they were a powerhouse and more recently they've had a couple struggles they've had a lot of turnover at the head coaching position Um, but there's one guy and one current player one of only I think three current athletes on this list that comes in at 69. And that's Andre Sisco. And that's one of the specific players I want to ask you about, uh, because obviously he's a great talent, but he's also only had two seasons under his belt. So do you think a, a ranking of 69 for Andre Sisco is something that's accurate or would you have him either off the list or higher or lower?
0: I think when you set out to do a list like this, especially when it's a bunch of young guys who work at a website like yours and and podcasts or whatever, it's going to have recency bias. It's going to be a trend toward younger people. That's just what you guys know. And so that's just the way it's going to be. And I tend to look at it and I'm trying to guard my comments against Uh, overvaluing people that either I went to school with or Mm. uh, grew up watching myself you know and we can kind of get to that you know Cisco's a heck of a player there's no question about it and he's still got a ways to go he's played only two years he's probably ticketed for only one more but we don't really know and he's a pro and he is you know at this point in time there aren't as many pros on the roster from year to year but Cisco clearly steps out as one um you know 20 years from now are you going to look back and say he's made more of a contribution to the program than say um you know a Marvin Graves or or whatever that you, you have slightly behind him mm-hmm. that's hard to say but his stats are going to be awesome and he's got um you know at least one more year uh, potentially knock on wood to to add to that and um and I think he's been eye opening I think he has come along at the right time. I think he has an opportunity to, uh, you know, turn the tide of recruiting in a way that yeah. that helps. He certainly was key as a part of a 10-win season, which was historic. It hadn't happened in 20 years. You know, if I were looking at a list like this or setting out to make one, to me, overall, I know it's hard to do, overall impact and what your lasting, you know, sort of legacy or contributions would would be important, not just the staff that you had, um, in your time here. That's hard to quantify. Uh, but a guy like Cisco, I think has a chance to, uh, to maybe create something. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that if you look at the, the sort of top players on the team right now, a lot of them are defensive backs, mm-hmm. you know, with Cisco, you have, uh, Trill Williams and if you, and, and, and people like that. And so if that leads to the next one and the one after that, then, um, that's, what's, and impact, you know, and and impacts uh, more than just the years you were
1: on the team. Right. And that makes sense. That makes sense. Now let's switch gears to another part of this list. Um, And it's kind of towards the, rather the bottom of the list. It's Riley Dixon and Sterling Hoffrichter. And they're those people that always say punters matter, kickers matter, and special teams does matter. Um, However, it's kind of, at least in my personal opinion, it's difficult to be able to put a punter or two in this case on a SU top 100 list, because we're talking about pure athletes and what they did. Um, So in your opinion, and of course you've been following this team, covering this team much longer than I have. uh, Do you think that Riley Dixon and Sterling Hoffrichter, probably the top two, you can say punters in program history deserve to be in a top 100 list of all athletes across all sports in Syracuse history?
0: You know, really hard to say, you know, short answer is probably not, you know, if, <laughs> because, you know, I'm looking at this and you guys wouldn't know about Gene Mills, but Gene Mills needs to be on this list. The guy was going to win, you know, the gold medal in wrestling uh, at the 1980 Olympics, mm. which didn't happen. Um, but he, he needs to be on this list. He's clearly in the top 100 Syracuse athletes. Um, you know, a real sticky one when you're making a list, but it would be an outsider that you guys wouldn't have considered, is Catherine Switzer. She didn't compete for Syracuse, so I, I wouldn't have included her on this list either, but uh, being the first woman to run the Boston marathon is a pretty big deal mm-hmm. and has gone on to, to make a huge impact. So, I mean, you could be doing that all day long. So uh, these two at their position, yeah, they, they probably, yes, they are the, the one and two at, at their position um, in program history for punters. Uh, Syracuse, you, you know, it's not something you really want to boast that much has had some pretty <laughs> good punters over time. Uh, Pat O'Neill was a very good punter and, uh, and had an a NFL career. Uh, from a kicker standpoint, they've had plenty. Uh, Linda right. Mare, uh, most notably, going back to my example before about you know NFL at, at a certain point in time, Gary Anderson, obviously the you know for a long time the all-time leading scorer uh, in the NFL, and I don't think he's on your list. Mm-hmm. So that one's probably a miss when you think about it. So so yeah, they're they're on the team, right? I I would say it it is a position. I know there's only one punter in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There probably should be more. They do make an impact. In the case of these two players in particular, and and they're guys we've seen recently. You know, Riley Dixon's in the NFL for a reason. He he's very good at what he does. He is athletic. I know there's the the running jokes, the Dixon for Heisman and all that. That's because you know he had a background as a high school quarterback. Uh, He was not just a leg. He could uh, run and throw. And was kind of a, a team leader from that position. He was very consistent, and uh, and had a big leg, and and I hope he has a a long standing NFL career. It's hard to hold those jobs. Right. you know one screw up, and they've got to try out, you know, to replace you uh, right away. Now Sterling Hoffrichter is just getting going. You know, as far as the pros, I hope it it works out great for him. You know, he's a guy who was incredibly consistent. I thought. I mean, this guy. Barely had a bad kick in his, you know, entire uh, career, and changed the game. You know, as he's playing, the kickoff rules change and that type of thing, and you need to have touchbacks, and he achieved touchbacks. I think in a pinch, he could actually be a decent uh, field goal kicker uh, if need be. And so this is a place where you know had the record for consecutive extra points made back in the 80s, and and there's been a lot of good uh, punters and kickers over time, but uh, those two certainly deserve the recognition.
1: Right. And he mentioned Sterling Hoffrichter could be a multi uh, position athlete. You saw that he kicked a couple field goals last season uh, when they were kind of farther out rather than Andre Schmidt. And that brings me to my next kind of conversation. And it's a player that plays two different positions that, and when he was at Syracuse, he did play two different positions to Bucky Jones. Uh, He comes in at 53 on our SU top 100 list He played, obviously, running back for his first three years and then switched over to the defensive side of things and was a D-back his senior year. In that senior year, four interceptions. So he had one really, really, really good year in the position that he would then go on and be known for. Um, However, those first three years were kind of just eh. So if you were to put together a list like this, how much weight do you put on a player that has one really good season compared to a player that say that has like four r- pretty good sustained seasons.
0: Yeah. Again, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, and it's up to you guys. You're the ones making, making the list. I mean, th- one of the questions I would have on the list is somebody like Jim Beheim. Jim Beheim shouldn't be on this list. If you're only listing what, <laughs> what was their, uh, what was their athletic contribution mm-hmm. uh, while, a, while a Syracuse athlete, you know, or at least he shouldn't be that high. If you're gonna talk about overall contribution to the program, he should probably be either right at the very top or, or just behind Jim Brown or whatever. So, and if you're gonna do that, then you gotta put John Desco and, and several others on the list that were not necessarily standout players, but have right. um, had huge impact. So, however you do it, you're obviously, you have a potential of having it uh, unravel. You know, to Bucky Jones is an example of an incredible athlete. Uh, you know, at that time, Syracuse football was really good, going to bowls, winning bowls every year. And he was in a crowded uh, backfield, did not distinguish himself, as you pointed out. I, I think he owes a lot to Paul Pasqualoni uh, talking about position changes and priming him for what turned out to be a, a very strong uh, NFL career. So you know, that's one that makes us feel old because there's already a to Jones Jr. That's been, that's played college football too. So, um, you know, so that's a guy who, you know, one year and I'm kind of looking, was he all American? I don't think so. But, you know, if that was a, if that was a stand or a trademark or a entry uh, point for your list, you'd have to kind of uh, consider that. But, but uh, you know, to Jones was a great athlete and, and uh, obviously could
1: play. So you bring up Jim Beheim, and I know we've we've talked about this on a different Fizzcast that you can go find on our SoundCloud with Mike Waters. Um, but Jim Beheim and I just want to put this out there: he made the list because our associate editor Tyler Rocky, who's a recent SU grad, and of course um, you, Matt, uh, know of him. Um, Tyler had Jim Beheim number one on his list when he filled out his individual top one hundred because. He thinks that Jim Boeheim, Syracuse, isn't the same without him. And I completely agree, but that's because of his coaching career, not his playing career. And obviously this list is based on only playing career. So that's the basketball talk for this FizCast. Let's get back to football. Um, and another guy that I think, and rather let's—it's it's two guys, and it's the conversation that I've had with a lot of different uh, people in the past couple of years is Eric Dungy, versus Ryan Nassib. So Ryan Nassib comes in at 67, uh, Eric Dungy at 45 on our list. Do you think that there is, and if I do my math correctly, that's a 22-spot difference? Do you think there's an actual 22-spot difference between those two players?
0: You know, they they approached it a little differently. Uh, Probably not in in this case. I, I think I would either squeeze them together a little bit. I don't know if I would have Nassif necessarily is kind of looking. Maybe he could be a little higher. Maybe Dungey could be a little further back. Mm-hmm. Not to take anything away from either of them. Um, I, you know, and my, again, my personal bias. I, I was in college at the same time as Donovan Darius. It, big guy could, you know, he could really play and went on to a long NFL career. Mm-hmm. I know that's not part of your, uh, you know, your your criteria here. But uh, you know, if you were drafting football players, you would pick Donovan Darius over Eric Dungey. Uh, if you were picking you know who, who made the best college contribution or whatever I mean this Syracuse team would be in tough shape without Eric Dungy, uh, here in recent years so mm-hmm. he has nothing to be ashamed about and, and obviously made uh, very very significant contributions uh, to the program. You know Nassib came along at the time of Doug Marone of a shift in uh, offensive philosophy um, under Marone and and uh, Coach Hackett and and just kind of how they went about it and he thrived I mean prior to shoot Greg Paulus still you know as the first quarterback in that regime still holds the record for completion percentage because they just started approaching offense differently in in a more modern sense of the high percentage uh, play and the quick passing game and and that type of deal and then Nassib carried that on and was a a very good uh, quarterback here I think if he had gone on to a different team in the nfl he might have gotten some opportunity he wasn't right. going to be a, a pro bowler but uh you know he just sort of died on the vine behind uh, eli manning which is understandable um so two good players uh, syracuse uh, owes a lot to to both of those guys you know as far as their overall uh, ranking on the list again it's uh it's hard to say. I would say Dungy gets a few uh, recency points there.
1: There you go. Uh, another comparison and two players that played the same position or kind of are offensive linemen, 39 and 38, Justin Pugh and Jim Ringo. So obviously Ringo, I would say, has the better NFL career. Well, hands down has the better NFL career. Justin Pugh, at least in my opinion, and when I was ranking this, has the better SU career. Um, do you share those same opinions or would you say, and do you think that this ranking is, is accurate for both of them? Do you think that Justin Pugh is just one spot behind Jim Ringo, or do you think that they should flip flop?
0: Um, you know, Pugh again, really good player. He's kind of connected with a, a Nassib. you know, they were teammates and, uh, friends and, and certainly kind of, uh, you know, move the offense together. the, Issue I have with a Jim Ringo is I didn't personally see him play. He always comes to mind, and there are a few others. He comes to mind as the, the type of guy that had way more of a career than we ever talk about. You, you never there, there's no yeah. conversation about Jim Ringo ever. Mm-hmm. There's nothing with his name on it in the building. Basically, um, you just don't. It just doesn't come up, and and I don't really know why that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could throw a few other, you know, 50, 60, 70 linemen. In that category, you know, you have you have Walt Sweeney on your list. He was not an All American. He went on to have a very good NFL career, but he's not a guy that we really ever mm-hmm. discuss. Um, Joe Ermans, another one, three time All American, played ten years uh, with the Baltimore Colts and and played in the NFL. So um, hard to say. Ringo to me would be on the All Underrated team prior to seeing your list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you probably have him in the right ballpark in terms of overall, uh, impact and, 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 that type of thing. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll, continue to throw my hands up on these, but sure. You
1: know, sure.
0: Uh, it, it's my, mo- it's modern versus yesteryear. And, and, uh, there, there's a lot of changes in time, uh, with the way the game has been played and the way that people get recognized.
1: <laughs> and, exactly. You know, I
0: think back in the, I think back in the day when they were looking for, you know, best linemen, certainly, prior to the sixties, but even in the sixties, somebody just got on the phone and called around, you know, who, who are the best players in, in your area? You know, now you see them all on TV and you got certainly in more modern times, you've got your pro football focus grades and all that stuff. And people try to really quantify this stuff. So it, it's, um, there's just a lot more data on the modern player. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I think you you know, list, lists like this tend to uh, favor modern players. But, right. uh, Jim Ringo, Obviously,
1: good ball. Right, of course. And that's why making a list like this is just so arbitrary. And you could uh, ask someone else to do this, and half these players couldn't be on the list, or they could be in uh, 20 different spots difference or whatever it may be. Uh, Let's look pretty much at the top of the list, and let's look at the top 10 players. Not football players, but the actual top 10 players, but then let's dissect the actual football players. So, And I want to get your opinion on if these players are the the ones that should be in the top 10 and if so if their rankings are correct so jim brown at number one i think you already mentioned that that's accurate ernie davis at two floyd little at four larry zonka at seven donovan McNabb at eight and then don mcpherson at 10 do you think that that grouping of football players is like the top 10 um, for su athletes of all time
0: yeah i mean i I think you can't argue with it certainly if i were gonna you know just spitball here and make some distinctions i might move you know i like don mcpherson uh you know personally and i would maybe move him down a bit I, certainly pearl washington for me he's got to be in the top 10 okay uh, of overall mm-hmm. um or Derek, or Derek coleman for that matter i mean in terms of again pearl is an impact guy coleman is both a was a tremendous player you know stat wise and impact mm-hmm. you know um, f- sticking to football, Tim Green uh, to me is probably a little low on your list. Uh, I-, I would still call him maybe the single best representation of Syracuse athletics that there's ever been. Yeah. You know, he all American on the field, all American in the classroom, long NFL career, uh, successful at everything he touched uh, professionally as a, a lawyer, a commentator, a author, you know, et cetera. So, um i've always and again just the age that i am i've always been a big uh tim green fan you know justin knight's a great example and i I love justin justin's a great supporter of the program bleeds orange is very syracuse through and through justin knight could walk in the middle of destiny usa right now and nobody would know who he is (laughs) period that's just the nature of the beast you know um it's not a knock on him. It's just just the way it is, and the, mm-hmm. the sport that he was involved in, and, in cross country. Um, so I think if you just polled, you know, fans or random uh, people, they wouldn't know about Justin Knight. They, mm-hmm. You wouldn't find uh, many cases where he would pop up on the the top ten for people. Um, you know, but looking at the list, you've got the guys that you have to guys and gals for that matter that you have to consider. Certainly Gary Gates. Certainly Dave Pink. um You know Zaka to me is a guy that often gets forgotten because, you know, at best he's the, you know, fourth best running back or whatever in the uh, program history. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a mouthful because um, you've got three all time, you know, studs ahead of him. but Zaka really should take a backseat to nobody at, at any other program. He might be the best they've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was kind of going down your list. Uh, McPherson, Freeney, Monk, you know, all obviously very good players. Marvin Harrison, uh, I would quibble a little bit with, uh, I wouldn't put Kadri Ismail in front of John Mackey. You know, those, these are minor, right. minor little deals. Daryl Johnston, you know, was a linchpin on a, on a very important team and then uh, went on and backed that up at the, the NFL level and has, has been very successful in his uh, professional life. Uh, Chandler Jones, you know, you might say the same somewhere down the line. So, uh, you know, you can shade guys uh, one way or another here, but uh, I think you guys have, have roughed it out pretty reasonably.
1: All right. Uh, thank you so much. Well, first, thanks for that, Matt. Uh, but before we wrap up, I have one last question for you, and this is maybe a personal issue. I had Dwight Freeney way down the list, um, and I know that he was a standout player. I know he was fantastic. He was dominant, especially uh, Damon Amendolara, our uh, chief editor, here at orange fizz talks about this one game where he was chasing down Mike Vick when Virginia tech came to the dome. Um, but do you think that Franey at 12 is an accurate representation of his SU career?
0: Yeah. I don't know that I put him in front of Derek Coleman. Okay. But, um, when you think about some of those, but yeah, I, I could make the argument for that. And, and you know, again, it comes to to recency and what you're most familiar with. Damon and Dwight were probably in school at the same time or mm-hmm. very close. Uh, the game you're talking about, he had four and a half sacks of a Pro Bowl player mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Michael Vick, you know, and, and certainly longtime Syracuse football historians or people that kind of see the big picture know that Michael Vick was ticketed to come to Syracuse before... You know, heading to Virginia Tech at the eleventh hour, and and had Michael Vick come to Syracuse, then, uh, you know, I think the program would have continued on a, a very impressive uh, trajectory. So uh, that particular game is uh, clearly very noteworthy. He's not on this list because of one game. He he was a stud. Okay, yeah. but, uh, you know, so I, I could definitely see the argument for, for putting him up there, and it's a good problem to have to, to have as many people as are on this uh, list to, you know, kind of dice them up a little bit. And, and that's what uh, lists are for us for the debate of follows.
1: There it is. Matt Park, the voice of the Syracuse Orange, joining us here on this Fizzcast. Matt, thanks so much for taking the time.
0: All right, Aaron. Thanks, man.
1: All right, that is the FizzCast breaking down our SU Top 100 football players. Go check out all of our SU Top 100 content on our website, orangefizz.net. Our audio content here on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz and following us on Twitter at Orange But for Jaron May, signing off, I'll see you next time.